It's time to talk music, audio gear, and anything else that crosses our minds. I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. And welcome to the Hareton Audio Podcast. So today we've got another really special treat for you. We are joined by Snoobear. Do you want to say hi, guys? Hello. Hi. Hi. So you've just um, released an EP, and I'm very curious um, to know sort of where did that where did that come from? Because we're friends with a lot of like musicians, and they never release anything. If I'm being honest, it sounds tight. <laughs> it sounds horrible for me to say, but I'm friends with loads of music producers and and like musicians, and they never actually get to this release part. And and I saw you guys put out um, your EP. And I was like, oh my God, they released an EP. <laughs> like, I know yeah. so many people who've been doing music for such a long time and th- th- that's still mm-hmm. something they haven't done. So what's like the story behind it? It's been yeah, quite a, a fairly long but quite organic journey, I think. Like, um... Yeah, so sort of during lockdown, I started writing and recording like a lot of my own songs and then Asa kind of already made... His own music. Yeah, I'd like. Yeah, so I had sort of like experience like recording music and stuff, and so I could sort of I showed you like how to how to work like Ableton and stuff, or how to work work Audacity probably first. to start yeah. with. Yeah, and then just had a lot of time on my hands and started just recording a bunch of songs, and then at that point we were like living in two different countries but then when we were back in the same place we sort of wanted to see if we could have a go at collaborating on something together mm-hmm. um yeah because like, Annie just write and Annie can write songs like um it, like, just like nobody's business just so quickly and naturally like to me it seems like magic she'll I'll, I'd like I just like come home. She's like, "Oh yeah, I've just like written and recorded this song," <laughs> and I listen to it. Like, yeah, it's good. But then, I think you wanted sort of a bit more of like polish. Yeah, yeah. I'm very like don't have very perfectionist tendencies. Like, I just make things very fast and just sort of don't want to um, polish them and just sort of finish things off quite fast. And then Ace is much more like wants to really work on things slowly and take his time <laughs> so it's kind it kind of um yeah we, we definitely um complement each other's um sort of nat- nat- natural like working workflows i think um, i think that is like a really really handy thing though to have in like music making mm. because you've got somebody like setting up all these sparks of inspiration and somebody else to say right i'm gonna I'm going to work on these and refine them. So instead of like, because the person refining is never going to start anything normally. And the person with all the sparks of (laughs) inspiration won't normally finish stuff. So you've actually got like a really lucky balance there between you. For sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And so we just, and so we ended up, we sort of picked out um, a few songs from, you had sort of like 20, 30 songs maybe. Like, and we picked, picked out six and thought, right, let's like, really work, work on these yeah get these good um just you know it felt like a m- achievable number because it's so easy to kind of like start a project but we thought let's like let's actually do this let's start it and aim to actually like make it real uh, make a realistic yeah. challenge for us i think that's the um, hardest part though because what a lot of people yeah. have is that they have all these grand ideas to start something and when it comes to like mm. looking at 
you you've say burned down six mixes and you're looking at them mm-hmm. in like iTunes mm-hmm. or, or whatever and you're like, Ooh, but I don't know if I want to release these and then that's where a lot of people go, No, I can't. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing it. I back out and then nothing ever happens, like in an official capacity. Yeah, yeah. So we just so we just thought let's keep it simple. Keep it to these six songs and then we finished them and we, we liked them. Yeah. We were like, well, we, 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 if we think it's good, you know, and we, we wanted to kind of do something to kind of bookend this process. We were like, you know, we started it as like a, like a limited project and they wanted to like just have a full stop at the end of it and thought, well, we may as well put it out onto put yeah, it online. The only way to really th- feel that something's finished is, yeah, by releasing it and then being, okay, well, it's too late to change it. That's yeah, because yeah, cause I, could, I could tinker with the mixes and uh, the, with the, the drums and, and everything. I could, I could do that forever. So it was good to have like a goal of um, properly, properly put, closing the lid on the project. Yeah, because yeah, um, once it's out in the world, like you say, it doesn't matter. I mean, you can keep working on it in your spare time, but that is the definitive version once it's actually mm-hmm. been distributed. So I do think that's the best yeah. way to like get closure on like a, a project we, me and Mark's been working on like a 10 song album it's been the same thing just mm-hmm. you're going around in yeah. circles and you're like we're never gonna finish this thing that's how it feels sometimes yeah <laughs> so yeah, yeah. You, you were speaking about audacity and then jump into Ableton yeah. what was the mm. sort of at what point was you in audacity and you was like this isn't this isn't gonna cut it we need to go to Ableton and then part two to that question was you because I know you're from quite a like a musical family, Asa. Um, yeah. Was Ableton already on your on your radar, and was it obvious to you, or did you actually find it on like this journey of discovering what you want to make this album with or the CP with? Sorry. So, um, so yeah. So I started with Audacity just like years and years ago, just sort of like recording a bit of my own music, and at the, at the time it was all. Um, it was all like acoustic stuff, like like recorded into a yeah like an acoustic guitar like recorded into a mic and then i would apply all sorts of effects to it and make it into some sound something a bit, a bit, cr- more, experimental. bit more experimental a bit crazy yeah but yeah, i was like but i didn't have any didn't wasn't using any midi or anything because that's not really a functionality in um, audacity but i did but i really loved the, the what i this kind of sounds i could create with it but eventually i wanted to have a go at some like live looping things yeah 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 um and so I just kind of just a bit of Googling and research and found that you know, um, Ableton was um, supposedly sort of the, the door to do that in. Um, so, I, yeah, I just sort of downloaded it and had to play around with it and, um, oh, and then I ended up sort of u- using it for... And so I had a period of time where I'd use it for drums as well. I'd sort of create a little drum track and then then take that into, Audac- into Audacity and then... Uh, record in there because I kind of had I had my workflow there I knew how to make the sounds I liked As um, so you were sort of using Ableton almost like to build seg- parts of the music and parts of the stuff yeah. so you could then continue doing what you was doing in Audacity is it like 8 tracks yeah, exactly. Audacity? I, I can't remember how many um, tracks you, I think it, it's as many tracks as you want oh, is but it? The, the, big, the, big, the big difference is that um, all, all the effects in, or, that you put on in Audacity are permanent like they change they uh, change the waveform of your track you can't switch things off or fiddle around with them to get like the perfect sound and so i had loads of um 
a lot of what I did and how I like made certain effects would it was all just in my head in my memory I was like oh remember you've got to do this one do you want to do, do this this effect twice and then I then I like, add the add the distortion and then I add the reverb again or you know or I or you turn the there's one thing where you you turn the amplitude like way down um, and then apply like really hard distortion it creates this, like a cool like crackly effect I had all these like little sort of self worked out tricks to make these sounds. Um, but eventually, once I once I was playing around in um, in Ableton more, I, just, it, I it, you you learn to appreciate the ability to you know go back on your decisions. Yeah, because <laughs> a lot of people, um, even like down to like the pros, don't commit anything mm. to audio. Like they they leave everything yeah. so mm. they can tweak absolutely everything, and that's partially why mm. it's hard to finish an idea because you go well. Not yeah. only is the the song sort of up in the air on what it mm-hmm. actually is, but your, all your mix effects are also <clears throat> tweakable and not sort of determined. Mm-hmm. So you was actually like doing it on extremely hard, almost Beatles mode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it, it meant that you did you did have a bit of a time limit for for us for finishing a song because if you left it too long, you'd you'd forget how you how you how you made something. And the way that I work is often like from from the start sort of going in like a hundred percent detail from the start and then just sort of like procedurally working my, my way through to the end yeah um and so if i forget how i did the guitar sounds for the first chorus when i then get around to recording the second chorus <laughs> I, I need to remember how i did that otherwise i can't make the song sound like the same all the way through oh that is a, actually a nightmare i never thought about the workflow <laughs> being like that yeah yeah it was uh, like in a in a way it did have its advantages of you know you of that you can't get you can't sort of hang around and you can't get too caught up tweaking things but um i think the the advent the advantages of being able to tweak do out do, do outweigh the downsides and it just means you've got such a head start on your next song that you're like oh if i want to make this sound then exactly, i know how to do yeah. it i can copy stuff over mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah then you were starting from scratch every single time yeah exactly yeah because on a lot of the like the doors particularly in cubase and stuff and i'm sure you could do this all, oh you can in ableton because you can make like a big group and then save that group as like mm. a, a preset mm, yeah. so like you say if, you, yeah. if you're making these like really reverberant and complicated guitar chains you can just save that mm-hmm. as like your guitar chain and then pull it up on your next session and boom like like you say that full amount of work you've just yeah. done it in like a second like two mouse clicks yeah mm. yeah and so yeah so once i'd kind of moved on to ableton that's when annie started um like recording her songs in, in yeah that. yeah so originally i was also doing kind of acoustic guitar singer songwriting stuff but the problem is that i don't have the talent on guitar that meets the vision i have in my brain so by moving to midi it just allowed me to just make the sounds that i i couldn't make in the real world and it was just a lot more satisfying to have that level of control yeah, and I think that's that's something that a lot of people sort of struggle with. Like we're we're very ambitious when we make music and um you it's there's nothing worse than being like, I've got this thing in my head, this song in my head, and I, I can't put it down. Like, you know, you don't have either the mm. the theory knowledge or the the actual playing knowledge to put it down and that can be really frustrating. Like from a creative standpoint. So like what what 
I, I struggle to actually pinpoint the sound of of your EP, and the EP is called "Have My Head" as well for anybody because <laughs> we haven't actually said that either yet. Um, and I thought it was like trip hop, shoegaze, like a little bit indie in there. Is that sort of does any of that mean anything? Like in terms of what you was aiming for and, and what was the influences like individually? Because Annie, you're, you're writing the songs and Ace is coming in yeah. and producing. So do you have like a different sort of set of influences to Ace and is there like a compromise that sort of happens there? Yeah, so in terms of writing, like a lot of inspirations going in were a kind of pop, indie pop, people like, Baby Queen, um, Phineas, these are like people I was listening to. The National, we're, we're, uh, we're both big fans of, and that was like a big inspiration for like the song um, Keep Talking in particular. Um, so that's kind of what I was bringing into from the writing side. Mm-hmm. And then... Yeah, and then like production side, I think it's kind of similar as well. Like we do, we do, we listen to like a lot of the same music. Um, and definitely, like, I think, yeah, The National's a big one, sort of, production-wise. Um, You're really listening to the drums. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It was, and it kind of, that uh, worked well as well with, like, how... Because Annie would sort of make a, uh, like, a, basically kind of like a demo of the song, mm. the whole thing. Um, and there's, so I'd be able to keep certain elements from those, like, um, the like you do, like, the drums, and they'd sort of have a bit more of, like, an electronic MIDI sounds like sounds that feel to them yeah um and something i quite like that in in sort of the later national albums um happens a lot is that they have they'll have like these it's a drum machine and then then bring in the like the drum kit um sort of over the top yeah and so the way that annie had sort of done these kind of drum machine drums and then i could kind of write in like a more of a natural sounding drum kit pattern sort of over that and sort of mm. makes those two and so um yeah so yeah there's things like that which have influenced the this yeah the production style i think yeah it is hard when you have to like explain what you've done as well though because yeah, it's yeah. hard to like yeah. think about it all in one go and think well how did we get from mm-hmm. a to b because a lot of the time what mm-hmm. me and peter will have is you'll have like I want to smash these four songs I like together. And then this is like a lyric or, or a riff or whatever. That is the Mm -hmm. vehicle to attempt to do this thing that you're initially starting out to do. And then sometimes you'll Mm -hmm. listen to it and you'll go, was nowhere near any of the four songs because it ends (laughs) up being something different, depending on how wildly different the songs are in your mind. Um, Like sometimes we'll take like, an 80s classic rock song and then like a brand new song that's come out like a month or two mm-hmm. ago by a, like a, a far more well-produced artist and trying to like think about that as like the starting point. And then you look and go, well, it's kind of got bits of this and kind of got bits of that, but we ended up somewhere completely different. And then sometimes you just have an idea and you don't really know what the influence is. You're just like, well, if I was to listen to it back, I can think, well, it's sort of in these boxes, but it, it you can't pinpoint where the mm-hmm. idea sort of come from. Yeah, you can sort of reverse engineer, imagine what it could have been, but it wasn't actually yeah. an influence at the time. Yeah, I think that's it's, it's, that's sort of where, where you take influence from. It's definitely, I think, especially when you're kind of starting out, working out, like, how do you, how you make certain sounds. Yeah. 
um, it, it, it is useful to to have like a song as like a reference point and go, I want it to sound like this, mm-hmm. and then instead, like some of it's just trying to sort of listen to it and like try, like try your best to kind of copy that sound. And because you're not a professional, what you'll end up coming out with could will sound completely different. But like in that process, you'll have learned a lot. Mm. Yeah, and it can be really overwhelming when you just don't have any ideas at the start to find it helpful just to listen to a song and be like, okay, this is where the bass comes in. Mm. Oh, this is where the drums come in. And you don't need to stick to it um, like completely, but just as a sort of way of... It's sort of studying like how how do songs... What is the structure? What, yeah, the what song? this song makes me feel this way. What's it doing that's... To, that's a, to make it to achieve that yeah and then sort of t- t- picking it apart in terms of, yeah the song this the, the effects in it the, the instruments and the, the stru- like the, yeah the structure mm. yeah you can quite an you can make quite an academic sort of process out of it yeah and you can break the rules at any time but when mm. you have nothing to go on it's good to just choose something and stick to it at least for a part of the process mm. I think that's the best way they like to to have a fun start and make it fun. I mean, sometimes we'll try and pastiche something and you're doing it. Mm. And it's, it, I think the worst thing that can happen is if you get too close to an idea, like you're making a track or like you're making a demo for a, mm. a track and you're like, oh no, I think I'm using the same chords now. And then you're like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, this is literally the same. Yeah. 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 And then you're like, I've got yeah, to really well, pivot. Otherwise I'm I'm in uh, trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the better you get, the what, the like, the less you're able, to, you're less you're allowed to do that. Like once you actually, once you're actually good, like capable enough to copy a song, then like perfectly, then you need to stop doing that. You've, yeah. like, you've learned <laughs> enough by late. that point. Yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah, it's like when I. No, sorry. Go on. Go on. Uh, no, I was going to say yeah. When I first started uh, learning to play the guitar, it would literally be learn one song, then with those those will now be the only chords I know. So write a song with those exact chords. Yes. Learn another song. Now you've learned two more chords. You yeah. can write a song that have those six chords. Yeah. It's literally just taking them all as they come, but because no one's ever going to hear those songs, it like, doesn't matter. Yeah. That's the great thing with like art, isn't it? You can sort of start and you can be very naive like when you start. And I think everybody who who is creative in some capacity, when you do start, whatever that is, you are naive because you don't you don't know, you don't have your thousand hours, you don't have any sort of muscle memory. You're just sort of going, oh, I, I don't know anything about like music or this instrument, but these are the chords I know. Can I put them in a different sequence to what like I've heard mm. them in or I've actually played them in before? And that's like, that can be like the most creative time because I think there's definitely a point where you can get so like knowledgeable that you can then be like, oh, I can't use them four chords because this song uses them. And then all of a sudden you start like blocking your creative roots before you even start making an idea, which, you know, as like Ed Sheeran sort of found in court, you know, you can't really (laughs) trademark chord progressions because there's like 12 notes. There's only so many good chord progressions mm. in the first place you know and if if people yeah. didn't write songs in um i think it's one five six four that's one of the most popular chord progressions if you're using the yeah. theory for it if people didn't write them songs then songs just wouldn't come out yeah yeah i think the other thing that's tough with it as well is um like i 
I, I suppose this is a typical drummer stuff. I don't retain <laughs> as much theory as Peter does. So Peter right, will yeah. be a lot more locked on to like chord progressions and, and theory and like cadences of stuff. So I, I often will, mm-hmm. will d- use MIDI just to come up with an idea. Um, mm-hmm. If I'm going to write it purely myself, just on like a piano roll, but uh, then mm. Peter will come in and be like, oh, that's cool. I see you've done this and you've done that. And I'll go, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just doing <laughs> what sounded good to me uh, without yeah. really thinking about like musicality wise, what exactly every chord is and, and how, you know, like the intervals relate to each other. Um, but I know mm. roughly what I'm trying to do. And then sometimes I'll be like, I finally done it. And Peter will be like, that's one, five, six, four. And I'll be like, oh, that's real <laughs> basic. Um, yeah. But uh, I am better at a lot of that stuff now. But uh, mm. yeah, sometimes I won't really be thinking about it. And then, like you say, it's it's hard because uh, I suppose in a way I'm, I'm quite good for that, like chords and melodic naivety in in what mm. we do because mm-hmm. I don't I don't have such an iron lock on all the melodic stuff as Peter does. So I'm like the mm. ideas man, I suppose. I don't know why I somehow yeah. just got really good at music theory and then it's like a blessing and a curse because you're like working on an idea and you're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I've heard that. And you're like, well, I haven't though. It's like, uh-huh. but I feel like I have. And then you just, you ruin everything for yourself. And then I spare Peter on by going, no, Peter, it's good. It's good. We'll use it. <laughs> and Peter's like, no, no, it's just a different sign. I'm like, but Peter, we can, we can use this. And that's where like having two people instead of one comes mm-hmm. really handy when you're trying to make like an idea because... I think a lot yeah, of people yeah. who make music by themselves say like um, if you're doing electronic music, you're just listening mm-hmm. and judging everything you've done and you have mm. no yes man next to you going, no, finish, finish the track. <laughs> yeah, yeah, did, yeah. Did you find- yeah, and if two people like it, then that is a pretty good sign. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of the cases where like, and you'll write the songs that I listen to them and, this, and there'll be ones which I'll pick them and go, oh no, yeah, I think that one's like, really good and you mm. might not necessarily it might not necessarily been the one that stood out to you that you thought yeah. was like your best song but I'd be like oh no I, I can like hear something in there like you can hear like you can hear a direction for it to go like or a, an out like oh yeah that, that that song's gonna have an amazing outro mm. I can I can just hear it now you know but you've got to it's, it helps to have the two people to a little bit uh, of positive these things out, yeah. A little bit of positive encouragement goes such a long way when you're mm-hmm. trying to like come up with an idea. Um, yeah, definitely. Because it's so easy to be like, "Oh well, I'm not a pro. I don't know what I'm doing. This isn't good." <laughs> and then if you have somebody like walk in and be like, "I really like that idea," it, it just mm. it just it's like the confidence boost you need to go. Yeah, do you know what? This is this is a good idea. I should carry on working on it. Um, mm. Yeah, it yeah. makes all the difference. Yeah, also go, oh, no, that is, that's a really good bit there, but that should be the first, that's the chorus. Yeah. To kind of hear, yeah, to just sort of hear it from a fresh angle and pick out, like, pick out what's what, what's really working. So, so do you sort of, like, suggest alternate arrangements then for, like, some, some of Annie's, like, original ideas, or was it, like, a collaborative thing of saying, I've got, I've got these sections of, like, words and, and chords, for example, but... Um, like the arrangement is sort of up in the air of we'll we'll get to that when we you know start putting it down properly. I think I think Annie, you, Annie you'll write songs with a like fully arranged and with you know mm. bridges and into music interludes and outros and stuff. But yeah, for for uh, the EP, um, I'd say all those songs were kind of 
fully written and then the main thing was cutting them. Mm. So yeah. it was quite good about just tightening them up and mm. just... Yeah, I think like um, Flowers, for example, I think that one was it like it's had like a the thing cut the verse half the length and the first chorus half length yeah. and then there was probably like another there might have been another verse and chorus that just completely went it was like Pretty one of those sprawly. songs which kind of sprawled out a bit and he's like right this there's something here but let's like tighten it up mm. but we've now since making the EPO since writing those songs started doing a bit of a different process where like Ace will make mm. instrumental and then I'll write to it or it's sort of more yeah. collaborative from the start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Flowers is the, the only one on the EP which which had a different origin. It wasn't a song that Annie had mm. written f- fully herself. And then I came in. It was one where I'd um, I'd made like a little, just like a little, in- a little instrumental bit, gave a bit, a bit of a mood board for sort of the, yeah. the, the vibe of the song. We're taking a, it, and it's the sound you, the sound you hear at the start of the song is like a loop from um, just like a one second clip of a video of I think we're just sort of playing, playing guitar, guitar, playing guitar, and we're, we're singing, and um, it just it, there's this one second clip which just kind of had an interesting sound to it, and so I'd like. I think I think we, I started it like we were should, shouldn't we go to bed? But it was I was like, oh no, I want to like try. And then like, yeah. you know, an hour later, I had like this little thing, yeah. and then and then then I handed that over to Annie, and she turned it into Real a fully a fully fledged song. Yeah. Um, but that one had yeah a bit of a different sort of origin. Mm, yeah. Yeah. What I really enjoyed when I listened to it is that. Um, it's not just you know because a lot of a lot of um especially like in the indie and like sort of diy realm which is really sort of what you're coming from and i don't mean that as like a disc because it's the same as what <laughs> no. we we're doing yeah. you know? yeah. we're recording everything like our house and, and doing it all like pretty diy as well um a lot of people that it's like you know quite simple sometimes you know in terms of production so what yeah. um i really enjoyed on it is that you know you've got double tracked vocals and stacked harmonies and you've got all these mm. like electronic layers but you've also got like I think I don't know if you're super familiar with shoegaze but um, mm. I thought a lot of the guitar and keyboard sounds were quite shoegaze influenced because you was talking about putting mm. like distortion and saturation mm-hmm. over like stamping that onto parts with reverb yeah is, yeah that's that that's just that yeah that's a lot of what I that's just that a lot comes from what like my early music yeah, making it was just a lot of acoustic guitars but then reverb then distortion really just sort mm, of like destroy the sound layer. and yeah. yeah layer things up I mean and I think it it com- comes from the fact that neither of us are particularly, particularly proud of our guitar skills to, or oh, yeah, okay, yeah, right, not, yeah. we're we're, we're <laughs> covering up for we're sort of songwriters we're songwriters and producers as opposed to musicians with that's yeah. first and foremost and then you know but we can play a bit yeah but it means that a lot of the complexities with the way to make complexity isn't from sort of writing like the most incredible guitar riff it's from yeah. layering things on top of each other yeah so you're using the, the intricacy there you're using the studio as your instrument like mm. and, and Ableton yeah. as your instrument not more than your mm. guitar uh, you know like your instrument prowess in that sense which is yes, a really definitely. creative way of working you're probably going to be a lot better off for doing that in in like terms of like a recording environment mm. yeah yeah i guess we're, we're working toward yeah you're 
putting you're putting the time the time into um sort of how how a finished product sounds rather than yeah because I, mean, I we i think we would love to be better at sort of performing our songs we want yeah. nice to work out a way of do, doing them live in some capacity mm-hmm. but we're now at a point where we've got no idea how to do that because it's all just been so digital mm. i suppose what you've got to do is you've got to listen to the the way you've processed the guitars and then think right i need mm. a pedal board with all the effects mm-hmm. in a row that can do this mm. in real time mm. <laughs> mm. but yeah. you sort of yeah, yourself yeah. up for that or alternatively, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you could look at mm. getting, I don't know if you're familiar with like a, a launch pad or a, a, like a we've, clip-based thing, and then you could, we've, you, sorry, I'll let you go. We've, we've got, um, we've, we, we got we, yeah, we've got a launch pad and, and got, a, got a keyboard to try and move it more into that realm. Yeah. But um, I, think, I, I think maybe yeah, we, need to, I think we need to start simpler. I think my, ambition, my ambitions for like, are a bit too big of like how to, we can sort of make it sound like the songs themselves mm. but live and like um I think yeah I think we need to start with like a, a simple song and then build it up build it up from there yeah yeah maybe like but it's in it's in the it's in the tra- it's in the um in the pipeline for yeah. something to work on yeah so as you maybe you go going to be to to focus on having a vocal and an accompanying instrument and then build it from <laughs> yeah. there that makes yes. sense, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think prob- probably have a, and probably just like to just play the drum tracks sort of mm. from the from the songs, but just have them sort of pre pre recorded and try to trigger them. Yeah, because like, a lot song I think. Yeah. Like, I'd say the vast majority of bands, even on a local level, now are using just mm. like um, you know I say backing tracks, but it's just like mm. launching like certain elements are stem certain elements you play in live certain elements might be loops mm-hmm. and that's like a lot more popular and accepted now and i feel like yeah almost to a degree if you just go out with no production and layers you're almost like at a disadvantage because so many people do use all them productions and layering that mm-hmm. you know you you might as well do it especially like you say if, if your confidence isn't necessarily on your guitar virtuosity and your piano virtuosity mm-hmm. <laughs> you might as well lean into Certainly it not. and also like yeah uh, yeah you'll see like a, a band in say you've got four bands in in like a, mm. some mm. kind of club or whatever if one band goes on and has like uh drum loops and stuff and they're nice and mix mm. ready and they're real subby and that's filling the room and then the following band has a drummer on like a little jazz kit his kick mm. is not going to cut through that room like the previous band's backing track. And that's a lot mm. of the time why you see so many bands having like all this like finesse, because even like on festivals, you'll have bands that have all this like extra stuff or like singers and mm. singers and solo artists in like the pop domain are really guilty of having just so much on the backing tracks. And then yeah. Yeah. a band will come on and play it fully live and you'll go, they sound a bit rubbish now after that because <laughs> the other one sounded like the record and then this band's out because yeah. you, obviously like with festivals, yeah. it's just the sound man just throwing the faders up. It doesn't have mm. any of that like polish that, that the previous person who had tracks has. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's definitely an interesting phenomenon because I think we, we're not definitely we've seen that with a few like you, usually for bands that are the sort of support bands. Yeah, because I think if you, if you're once they're the main headline act, then they'll probably get get oh, a band, bring a band. They'll have the resources to bring a band along. But if they're just supporting, then 
I mean, it's a, lot, it's a lot easier as well, just logistically. If it's, you're just like, it's usually it's usually yeah, like the singer and then a drummer, and mm. then they'll have the like, a, and then they'll have the instrumental track. Is what I've usually yeah, seen. Yeah, it's quite common. But it, it does it does kind of raise the question of like, what's the like, what's the like, where where's the heart of live music? Like, what's the purpose of it? Um, and where do you draw that where, line? Yeah, where's the line drawn? It's you, there's well, there's there's live music and then there's you know like a album listening party. Yeah, yeah, room. that's that is very true. There. And, and I, I know the sort of difference. Like sometimes if you're at a gig and you're like, this is just the album being played out with speaker and somebody mm. dancing around. It <laughs> yeah. can be a yeah. bit. And <laughs> you don't want to. Uh, yeah, you don't want to. I, I like. I like. I don't want to be like sort of um, uh, gatekeepery about it. And I think there's. Uh, um, I think it's important that. You've, that, you know these small because this is the way that music is made these days is by smaller artists in their bedroom that's like yeah and so by they're just translating their music onto mm. a live into the like a, a live performance and that's going to be different that's in the best be way they can yeah 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 um but i i i, I yeah whenever I, when I think about us performing i'm like oh but i would like to <laughs> I, I want there to be like I want it to be in, sort of sort of in, interactive from us in some way that we're doing things, but I don't know if that's in, if it's like oh, but what's even the point of you know if I'm playing something mm. live, but it's just it sounds Worst. the same as it just sounds yeah the same but a bit sloppier than it does on the album. Yeah, like what yeah. Are we, what what are you gaining from that compared to just sort of just yeah, it's an interesting question. playing a pre-recorded thing? Yeah, so I've got some some questions about Snoober, like the brand like where does the name come mm. from and also <laughs> what's the story behind the artwork for the ep uh because you know i'm just curious like how did you get there artwork can be very intimidating we've always um we we're always trying to do different stuff with ours but you know when you're not like graphic designers and like mm. 3d artists you're like well we've got these songs but now god we've got to make artwork <laughs> yeah, yeah so, so the name to start with we were kind of just sort of coming up with ideas it was very like school project like yeah <laughs> putting our names together and like in different ways and stuff and we kind of spitball with like some nicknames we have and kind of putting them together and kind of ended up coming up with the with with snooba and we just thought it kind of sounded silly mm -hmm. it'd be good put, name to have to not take ourselves too seriously yeah put it in uh, i was like yeah but if you put it in all caps it's just got a, uh, i just like the aesthetic of that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically we didn't want to overthink it too much because mm -hmm. i think trying to name projects has been the death of many uh, <laughs> many bands so yeah. um and, and i think ultimately when you name anything like people just accept that that's the name like it's not mm. as important as you think it is at the end of the day uh, yeah <laughs> and there's so many bands that hate the names green day is one of them they, yeah. they're always going on record saying i really wish we called our uh -huh. band somewhere else and there's 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 a lot <laughs> yeah. of them like that 
Uh, but naming stuff's hard these days, you know. Me, me and Mark, we equate mm, yeah. it to like Xbox Live almost because you're not competing with people who are signed <laughs> to Sony. You're competing with everybody in the world, so you've got to try and come up with mm. a name that nobody else in the world is using. The which less is, generic, the better. Yeah, yeah it's impossible. Almost. Yeah, that was yeah. the thing as well. When we looked up and saw like, oh, there's no artist in Spotify called Snibber. Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> yeah, that'll do the job. Yeah, yeah. it really is difficult. Um, I think to come up with mm-hmm. names now. I think artists in the past had it a lot easier because all they had to worry about, unless they actually got signed, was who's in like that region of where they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and you'll see like, yeah. and then as oh no, I was yeah. going to say you'll see like almost like usernames for a lot of the artists in the top forty now, like with with V's mm. instead of A's, and then. Just yeah. you look at it, you're like, what's it meant to say? You know, like, and then they'll, they'll say it on radio. It's like, this is, you know, X word. And you'll look at it going, well, half of it's numbers and upside down letters. And I can't understand how anybody knows what it is without somebody telling you verbally, this is what it's called. Do you know what I mean? And that's, that's what yeah. Snoop is good for that. Because you look at it and you just read it like you're meant yeah. to, Snooper. You can't really get it wrong, yeah. which is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just we thought of it. We were like, it, like, it's silly, but we it's a uh, it's just it's simple and effective. Yeah. And so we thought, right, Short and sweet. that that'll do. Let's stick to that. Yeah. <laughs> and then as for like the yeah, like the album artwork and stuff. Um, yeah. So all the songs were written. I mean, coming on to about a year and a half, two years ago now. Um, and so I just had them like on a little playlist on my phone and I was about to leave the house and I was like, this playlist needs, um, <laughs> needs artwork. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just had this vision, like, cause they're all quite diary like songs, quite, um, personal, very much about like, they were all written in the space of four months and about that time in my life. Um, so I took like the photos in our bathroom, like with the blue walls. And I just had this idea of like taking the photo in the mirror with just seeing the reflection like behind me, took that photo, made it the cover of my playlist. And then I could never like stop seeing that as as the artwork for it. And because that photo is taken from the time that the songs were written, which now were quite a way apart from like it's a year and a half later, I found it just impossible to disconnect those things. Um, yeah, I, it was, yeah, it felt like it's tied to the story, to, yeah. to like the emotions of the story of the project of the, of the songs. Mm. It's sort of like an artwork version of demoitis, where you have a demo and you're like, "Let's record this song," and then yeah. it never gets better than the demo, and you're like giving up. Like this demo's <laughs> this demo's not it, but we can't do any better. It's sort of like you had that with the artwork, and you thought, "I'm going to embrace it because that's the that's the artwork mm. that." you know, you've, you've associated with it. You just think, why not just use it? Which I think that's a really, yeah, that's exactly. a really good idea. It also took me ages to realize that the, that there was a phone in the picture. Cause I wasn't really thinking mm. about what it was. <laughs> I was just looking at the artwork and then I was like, yeah, because and then Peter um, was like, there's a mirror there. And I was like, Oh, it is like a, a mirror <laughs> selfie. Really? I, I just, you know, I was looking at it really abstractly. And not really thinking about what the picture is. I was just looking at like the colours yeah. and the shapes and like, you know, like like you say, the, the rule of thirds of it and just going, Oh, that's interesting. And then Peter's like pointing and going, Look, that that's what it is. And I'm like, Oh, oh yeah, it is. I, suppose I never really thought about <laughs> yeah. what it was. Yeah, that's what I liked about it because I mean just even the fact that my phone was the same colour as my bathroom, I was like, ha, huh, that's funny. Um yeah. and just the way that the picture 
it just yeah, it just it becomes those confu- colours yeah, and shapes yeah. and it's a bit confusing. I just because you know it's your battery, sort of in- whereas I didn't. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's just that simple <laughs> yeah, thing, yeah. looking at it going, you know, just not really thinking about what the picture is of. And it just looks aesthetically yeah. pleasing. So I know why you're struggling to, mm. like, change from it, because it does have, like, a, an aesthetic thing about it that is good to look at. And as you say, it suits the personal mm. sort of diary mm. sort of nature of it. So I get, I get how you've landed there for your, for your artwork. Yeah, and we even took, like, the photo we've used kind of on our Instagram and things was just this cool photo we had as well, but we just didn't see that fitting with the music. We always Mm. saw that being potentially the cover for a different project, but one that we have not made. Yeah, yeah, and and also not the project that we'll be making next. So So, so we were like, because by the time we were, like, putting putting it together for release and stuff, um, we'd already already started, like, working on a few other things other things and we were like and we'd always sort of seen the image that we have so sort of, yeah for like our spotify image or instagram image as like this could be they're not like an album cover mm. but it's it's not what we're doing now it's not what we're doing next so we may as well just use it because it's a good image yeah do you want to social. on instagram do you want to tease yeah. what you're doing next or do you want to maybe just let people find you and and like follow you and let them wait for it is that is that the goal <laughs> <laughs> um I, we, we're yet to define it. We're yeah, just yeah. recording a bunch of songs, mm-hmm. but don't have a time frame or a length. Yeah, I think. Did you did you say you want to? Did you throw out sort of like autumn time? Yeah, I mean, it's a, a very ambitious, <laughs> but you you've got to have goals. Yeah, I would love to do another EP in like six months, like the end of this year. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's realistic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got we've got we've got a fair few songs. Yeah. already for it, and yeah, and like. Uh, vibe wise we've kind of going I think we've got sort of like a an idea of a sound something a bit like yeah made a mood board yeah we've got a mood board playlist yeah <laughs> it's quite eclectic um, but that was but, sin, but since since the release of it since we've sort of had people sort of saying nice things about mm. it all of a sudden I'm going oh god maybe we don't want to go like too different yeah what if what if the, what if the people want they're disappointed if it's different. <laughs> yeah, I think though you can it's, it's you can't think too much about hard. what other people want no, at, no. at a certain point. No, yeah, but um, but it, it definitely does. I mean, it's nice. It's you when you get hear that like the response and the, the positive response, you think, oh, I guess we are like doing doing something right. Mm. It is. It's nice to have that kind of confirmation of like, oh no, no, we like we don't need to change or. Yeah, you, it, it like, motivates you to make more stuff. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, some people might listen to it. That's yeah, really cool. yeah, yeah. So, what's it's, this like? Uh, yeah. Always going to be like maybe a stepping stone to like a, a passion project, something you want to continue, or was it at, like in its current form? Was it like a well, we'll put it out and we'll see what the response is, see if anybody's interested, and then that will let us know if we're continuing. Or was it more like you're like, no, we're going to do this, and regardless, we're just going to do it. Yeah, I think. I mean, we'd probably have kept making songs and kept writing regardless. But if we put it out there and gotten a terrible response and people <laughs> said they hated it, we probably never would have released anything again. Yeah, like, we like, kept trying. No, to... we, we definitely would have kept making music. Though. Yeah. Like it, ultimately, it's is a it's, it's something that we do that we were doing for fun and for our own enjoyment. And um, as a creative outlet. And... Yeah, and like things like. Um, like the like the track list of it, like we spent mm. a while like trying to work out like 
what we wanted the like mm. how to do the track listing on it and uh, we went through a whole bunch of different options um, but in the end just sort of went back to our first one which was the one where we felt it just had the best flow even if like I think we kind of wanted to have potentially have cool girls as like an opener track or somewhere more earlier on mm. um, just we think it's one of like the most like the stronger, stronger like single yeah. type songs but like in the end I think because it, it was just a project for us and we thought we wanted that put it as, where we put want it, where it. We want it as the closer and yeah which is to say, yeah. I think so it's, it's always been something just for us, yeah. Literally. I think when you're sequencing something, you want to have a strong start mm-hmm. and a strong end. That's always like mm-hmm. the way that everybody perceives music to be. But there's mm-hmm. a lot of albums that like start strong and just like die halfway through, which I think is fine <laughs> as well, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you've got it depends on what your aims are for. Yeah, like, do because because the truth is that like a lot of people, well, they'll they'll listen to the, they'll start listening to an album and no matter how good it is, they'll get distracted and stop listening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So if you want to really put like your best foot forward and get your best songs, your catchiest songs heard, then it makes sense to sort of like front load the album. Yeah, but um, you're saying that you but think, you haven't done that. Is that what you were saying? No, yeah, we we. And we just we went. We decided in the end just to go for the what we the, the track list that we thought yeah. enjoyed listening to the most. Yeah, yeah. if you if you're gonna sit down and put it on, listen from start to finish. This is the best. Yeah, track list for it. We've just gone through the same thing where um, the song we're promoting at the moment is also the last song on our album, and we're like, why have we done this? <laughs> Shouldn't it be the first? <laughs> yeah, if it's the one that, yeah. that yeah. the one um, that we've put the most effort into or that we're happiest with, and we're like, ah, it's the last song. <laughs> don't know yeah. why finish with a bang yeah 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 but it's it, yeah I mean, it just comes down to your per- personal preference of like what of wh- where you're coming from like where how you listen to music mm-hmm. as well. yeah yeah and like how you how you like what how do you want to feel about the what you're putting out there so do you both sort of listen listen to albums over just jotting about different songs on say like a streaming service do you like to just listen to a, a project or an album like in full in that manner uh it's definitely something we've been doing more recently i think um because we, we, we once we thought we kind of re- reorganized our living room a bit and like set up our speakers and stuff so we can no just like put an album on to mm-hmm. have like playing in the way that you'd put on a record mm-hmm. or yeah. something um yeah but also do listen to a lot of playlists and it's a mix i'd say mm-hmm. yeah. yeah like well, like i i get excited for album releases and when an album comes out like i will listen to it in full yeah um repeatedly but then it'll slowly sort of my favorite songs will end up in playlists and mm-hmm. and those become the ones that you then yeah cycle through cycle through on yeah yeah I think with like the age of streaming, like I'm very album orientated, but sometimes you're like, I don't have time to go get a vinyl and put it on. I just need to hit shuffle on like a mm. playlist that I've made yeah. of songs I like. So I do think that mm-hmm. you can't just be, I, I get how people can not have the attention span for an album, but I feel like if you listen to albums, mm. you can't just only listen to albums. I feel like it's, it makes sense to have like yeah. a, a duality of, I'm going to listen to an album today or, or a fresh one when it comes out. And then, like, add the songs I like to whatever the playlists you have are. Because that's what I do as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and yeah, make, make your make, make your playlists for your different moods. So, and yeah. 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 Right, everybody, that's been Snoober and their EP, 
Uh, Have My Head is on Spotify. Be free to check it out. Obviously, the song we've chosen is in the episode as well on for Spotify listeners. Uh, thank you, Asa and Annie, for coming on. Hope you had a nice time. Thank you very much for having thank us. Thank you for having us. It was great. And where can everybody find you on socials and everything? At Snubba Music, S-N-U-B-A Music on Instagram. Uh, and that's on, kind of the that, that's um, yeah our main main social i think that is the album's on Bandcamp as well yeah, yeah. and we've got a visualizer on our youtube oh, yeah. now yeah we've got a, yeah, a little uh, music video for um for cool girl on our youtube as well so snooper yeah. music right everybody thanks for listening and we'll see you next week <laughs> <laughs>